I'm Brooke McLaughlin, an author, speaker, teacher, and small town girl from the mountains of Appalachia. Over the years, I've had the privilege of encouraging countless moms toward a richer prayer life, helping them catch a vision for the partnership God invites them into as they become praying moms. Prayer is action all by itself, and our prayers can impact the people we love most for generations to come. I created the Million Praying Moms podcast because prayer is one of the most overlooked parts of Christian parenting today. Let's change that together. My goal is to help you see prayer not as a last resort, but as your first and best response. If you have questions about prayer or motherhood, if you need help taking the first steps toward a praying life, or if you want to know how to pray for specific needs affecting our children in today's culture, you're in the right place, friend prayer warrior or mom who's just starting the journey. All are welcome here. Let's get started. What if hatred is making it hard for me to pray? When my latest prayer journal, Everyday Prayers for Peace, released, I shared the story of how God allowed me to go through a pretty intense season related to my desire for my son to succeed at baseball. He'd been through a lot in his pursuit of that game and endured things that I would not have chosen to be a part of his story if I had any control over it. I was kind of overwhelmed by my desire for him to do well. And when I say overwhelmed, what I mean is that my heart rate went up oftentimes over 145. My Apple watch, every time he would step up to bat, my Apple watch would start giving me messages. Your heart rate is too high. Your heart rate is too high. And along with that came shakiness, sweats, and other unpleasant side effects of anxiety. He was having a great season but I was not having a great season. I almost missed it because of what was happening inside of me. And it was God's goodness to me to force it out. You can listen to the whole story about my son and my battle with anxiety a little bit by scrolling back a few episodes. But the part of the story that I left out is that during the time he was healing me, God showed my husband and I that we were carrying some unforgiveness and maybe even a little bit of hatred toward the people who had hurt our son over the years. I'm not proud of that. I want to throw that out there right now. I'm not proud of the fact that we were carrying that in our hearts, but it's the truth. We have a soft spot for this guy because of how hard he's had to fight and allowed ourselves to withhold forgiveness we didn't even realize we needed to extend. To say that it affected me is an understatement, and the Bible has so much to say about this. But before we dive into this Somewhat difficult topic today. I want to say hello again to my Tuesday co- to my Tuesday co-host Stacy Thacker. Stacy, what's going on with you today? Hey Brooke, it's good to be here on this lighthearted topic we're going to be diving into. But hey, we don't shy away from those tough topics, do we? No, we don't. But what's new is hello, February's almost over, half over, and I can't even believe it. How did that happen? I don't even know. It is kind of crazy. I think you know we. We're in the summer and we're enjoying things and then the kids go back to school and then it's Christmas. And then my husband hates January and February. He says they're like the months everybody wants to skip. I don't know if he just wants to get out of Valentine's Day or or what, but he always is like, I just, I just want to skip those. But yeah, it's just going by so, so fast already. Well, we're going to dive into our conversation today on that note and discuss Corey's dislike of January and February another time. (laughs) But I want to talk about this because I feel like it's really important. And I love that we can have honest conversations and that we can ask questions and reminding our listeners that these are real 
questions that moms have asked. This isn't Brooke and I sitting in a room thinking, what would be good to answer? These are real questions that real moms have asked. And so I think that's important to know that you're not alone. If you're struggling with this and this feels really deeply personal, we want you to know you're not alone. So let's dive in. We're answering this question. What if hatred is making it hard for me to pray? Let's talk about that. Yeah. The first thing I want to say to the person asking this question is that I get it. And I also want to say that I recognize that this month on the podcast, we've been tackling kind of difficult questions, right? They're a little heavier this month than they usually are. And so, you know, there's grace that goes with that. But again, like Stacey said, we're not trying to shy away from the hard ones. We're trying to give you the truth of what God's word has to say so that you can get healing. That's that's the positive. Before I get into anything else, I want to say, if you're listening today and you know that you're experiencing some hatred in your heart, or you're struggling with unforgiveness, the good news for you is that there is healing for that. So listen to what we say today, but keep that in the back of your mind. I think if we're honest, if we're really and truly honest, most of us have felt hatred towards someone before. And I I know we don't necessarily like to admit that, but it's human to experience all kinds of a range of emotions. Now, I didn't say it's right to hate, or that we should allow ourselves to be driven or controlled by our emotions, but it is human to have feelings. The Old Testament, especially the Psalms, is literally spilling over with emotion, most of which belong to David. And David does not hesitate to tell God about what he's feeling. That's one of the the reasons I think we all identify with him so much and love him and that he's revered is that he says what we're feeling, right? So listen to him in Psalm 13. This is one of my favorite Psalms. It says, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. I'm so grateful for David's brutal honesty and how he wrestles. And I do think David is a fellow wrestler. He wrestles through these deep, deep truths. I I, I feel so understood, Brooke. I just feel understood, especially when I read the Psalms. I do too. And I love how this particular verse starts with, in fact, I actually talk about this a lot inside the little ebook that I wrote called How to Control Your Emotions So They Don't Control You. We'll put a link to it in the in the show notes. But I actually go through this, this entire passage or, or chapter talking about how David starts out by being really real with the Lord, but it seems like he always comes back to, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices. I'll sing the Lord's praises. And I, I agree. I do. I feel like David just makes us feel so real and so understood. And there's lots and lots more uh, verses like that where those came from. David has these big emotions. He has this big love for God. And most of us feel like we can relate to him because of it. I guess when our son was hurting, as he struggled with something he loved so much, I had similar thoughts. I know for a fact that my son did, just like David, because we talked about it all the time. As a teenager, I felt like he was asking that exact question. How long, Lord? What will you forget me forever? And again, if you want the whole story, go back and listen to it a few episodes before. And I know that that could seem like overkill for a game of baseball, right? Like it's a game. And I I do try and put that in perspective. But remember, 
that we were also dealing with bullies uh, as he was struggling in his physical growth. We were struggling with bullies. We had a kid who told him to commit suicide. And like, there were a lot of things that happened during that time that just made the situation harder and harder and harder. And my husband and I needed to come to the realization that we had not let go of all that. Okay. So you said something there and I want to, I want to clarify this. Do you think it's even harder when it involves one of our kids? Like, I don't know about you guessing here, but nothing makes my mama bear come out more than when someone comes against one of my girls. Like, don't get me started about the bully we had in ballet. Yes, that's right. We had a ballet bully, Mm -hmm. but I do see how this could also impact your prayer life, how it could kind of creep into your prayer life as well. I understand that. A hundred percent. But do you think it's even harder when it's not just something that's come against us, but one of our kids? I, I don't think there's any question. Absolutely. It is so much harder to forgive when someone hurts one of your children. I think, you know, I mentioned earlier, like we have a soft spot for him because of everything that he's had to go through. And sometimes that's good in our parenting. It makes us more aware of what he's going through and and things like that. But sometimes it makes us blind. You know, you have to be aware of those things for your children as well, because it could also hurt you in your parenting of that child. But Mark 11, 25 through 26 says, and whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So here's the rest of the story. One Sunday, right in the middle of my season of anxiety, our pastor decided to preach on the topic of forgiveness. And as my husband and I listened to him describe various situations and verses, we looked at each other sitting right there on the pew. We just kind of turned to each other with our eyes all wide and just stared at each other in awe. And I don't know that I can think of another time in our marriage where we both felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit at the exact same time. Like, I I just don't know. We've both had our share of convictions from the Holy Spirit, but I don't know that it's ever happened to us that plainly at the same time. We felt immediate conviction for the way that we had been feeling about the people who hurt our son. And there were some kids and there were some adults And I'm sorry to say that there was a long list. And there seems to be a general theme in these verses that tells us we need to get our own hearts right with the Lord before we pray. This is very basic, the Lord's Prayer stuff, like from Matthew chapter 6. Christians who understand how much they've been forgiven seem to offer forgiveness more readily to others. So if you're holding on to unforgiveness, it really could be hindering your prayers. The good news is that prayer can be the way we begin to forgive someone who has hurt us or wronged us in some way. If you truly don't feel forgiveness towards someone, ask the Lord to help you. That's what we did there, like in the car on the way home as we were discussing it, as God had been so kind to give us that realization about what was happening in our hearts. We just prayed and said, Lord, would you give us a forgiving heart toward them? That's what we had to do. And on several occasions, We've had to pray, Lord, we don't feel like forgiving right now, but we want to honor you. Help us to have the desire to forgive. Help us to forgive. Help us to do this. And I'm not trying to say that it's a one-time thing. There have been multiple times when we've had to go back and say, Lord, I'm giving this to you again. It still hurts. It still rubs me the wrong way. I'm still tempted to hold this against them. Will you please help me to forgive them and pray for that person? Um, it's, it's a, it's a 
you know, something in our lives that I have found, and I, I don't know if you would agree with this, Stacy, but I have found that I often have to ask the Lord to help me forgive over and over and over again, especially if the other person has not sought my forgiveness. Or if you happen to be kind of in one of those impossible situations that you really can't get away from easily, like you can't separate yourself from it, you're confronted with it over and over again. Regardless, though, of what other people choose to do, Christians are required to forgive. But I don't think that the Lord expects that it should come easily for us. And as with most things in this life, we're going to need his help to do it. Today's episode is brought to you by our Pray the Word calendar, a monthly scripture-inspired prayer calendar designed to take the how-to and the what-to out of praying God's Word for your family. If you want to be a praying mom but don't know how to pray or what to pray or just struggle to find the time to figure it all out, this is for you. Available only to our Patreon members, Pray the Word calendars are exactly what they sound like. Each month, our members get a brand new printable prayer calendar that leads them in praying through an entire book of the Bible. Starting in March, we'll be praying through the third part of the book of Psalms, chapters 73 through 106. Don't worry if you miss the first and second part of the Psalms. You can get access to all of our prayer calendars when you join. Get your 25-day Psalms prayer calendar right away and watch the power of God begin to move in your life. You can find the link in today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Brooke, that is all so good. And it might be helpful for our moms to help to define what hatred actually means and from a biblical perspective too. So let me share with you 1 John 3.15. Everyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. In this passage, Jesus is trying to help the people to get to the heart of things, to lay down surface level understandings and realize what is happening in their hearts. He really takes things to a deeper level when he says, this is Jesus speaking, that hatred is murder. Yeah, it certainly gives this particular emotion a new air of seriousness, right? According to my Wearsby commentary, which I go to often, it says, we are going to be judged by the law of liberty. The question is not so much, what did you do, but what did you want to do? What would you have done if you had been at liberty to do as you pleased? This is why Jesus equated hatred with murder and lust with adultery. Wearsby goes on to say, a Christian has passed from death to life. And the proof of this is that he loves the brethren. When he belonged to the world system, he hated. But now that he belongs to God, he loves. Wow. I love Warren Wearsby. He's one of my favorite people to go to at the commentary. But back to the point, we're not trying to say that hatred and murder are the exact same things. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying either, or that they do the same amount of damage, only that hatred is that serious. And when God reveals it to us, we should take it seriously. But what starts in our minds and our heart has its way of working itself out into our lives. And this isn't just with hatred, it's with other things. And it reminds me of a verse, and I know that it's speaking of something different, but it's kind of the same principle from Matthew 12, 34. This is for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what happens when you have an unforgiving heart, often it'll come out of your mouth in a very negative way. I know for me, that's true. But also we can find ourselves, and this is, I mean, kind of a side note in our prayers, we can find ourselves praying murderously towards other people when we're complaining and we're whining and we're yelling about things to the Lord. But let's face it, 
whether it's even to our BFF, whether it's on social media, let's not even go there, (laughs) or in our prayers, we can murder with our words really quickly. I said this was going to be hard, but here we are, Brooke. So let's keep talking about more on this subject. What else do you have? Yeah, I, I think that Matthew 12, 34 verse has been a key verse for my kids forever. I've probably quoted that to them so many times that they you know, may or may not roll their eyes when they hear it now, but, but it's the truth. I've said to them so many times, um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you don't have an issue in your heart, it's not going to come out. So I always use the illustration with them of a cup of water. If you have a cup that has water in it, let's say you were at a a New Year's Eve party and we're going to be charitable and say you had a cup of water (laughs) and somebody knocks into you, they knock into your arm, which is holding the cup of water. What is going to be on the floor, Stacey? Uh, Well, I'm guessing that's going to be water. Right. But if you're holding a cup and you drank the whole thing and it's empty now, or maybe you just didn't get your drink yet and somebody knocks up against you, what's going to be on the floor? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. So it's a simple analogy. It's a simple illustration of of a deep truth of God's word. If you've got hatred in your heart, um, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, then it is going to come out at some point. In our case, the way that it was coming out, in my case, I think I struggled with it more than my husband did in this particular case, but I think it probably manifested for him in a different way than it did for me. The way that that hatred and unforgiveness manifested in my heart was an anxiety. Every time he stepped up to the bat, I had this overwhelming desire for him to do well. And I don't think it's wrong for us as mothers to want our children to do well, but I was like consumed with it. I would, you know, my heart rate would go up. I just so badly wanted now that things were going right and and moving in the right direction for him. I wanted so badly for him to prove everybody wrong and to get the opportunity to do what he had dreamed of doing for so long. It manifested itself in this really unpleasant experience for me. And, you know, we talked, I think last week, Stacey, about how the fact that, you know, he's a senior this year and, and how I'm trying to really just absorb and live and enjoy every single moment of his life right now. And experiencing that, going through that was robbing me of the ability to enjoy his success. It was bringing me the exact opposite of what I had been waiting for. And so that was a harsh reality for me. And one final quote that I'll offer from Wearsby on this subject, he he says, the antidote for hatred is love. Hateful and hating one another is the normal experience of an unsaved person. And that just grabbed me, Stacey. That is the norm for an unsaved person. But when a hateful heart opens to Jesus Christ, it becomes a loving heart. And I look back on that and I will tell you that dealing with that anxiety was very unpleasant. It was not fun. And I'll be honest with you, it was somewhat embarrassing because I had just finished writing a book called Everyday Prayers for Peace. And all of the words that were in that book were absolutely true. I came to that book with a measure of success in living from a position of peace. And so everything in there is true. It's all biblical. But then God allowed me to experience it on a deeper level. And I I just, I know I've said this before, but I want to say it again. 
It is God's kindness to reveal that to us. I was living in a, in a place that was similar to what an unbeliever lives. And I don't want that. I don't want that at all. That doesn't make me a good witness for the Lord. It doesn't put me in a good position where I can lead my children well or, or that I can be God's hands and feet to people who need him desperately. That's not where we want to be as believers. So if you're struggling with hatred today, confess it. It is God's kindness. If you're feeling conviction right now, confess it. It is God's kindness to you to show you that you're dealing with them, that those things and ask him to replace that with a heart of love toward whatever person you're dealing with in your life that, that you're feeling that way toward. Ask him to give you eyes to see that person or, or even people the way that he sees them. Like put your glasses on, ask God to put your glasses on for you. You might even begin to pray for them, which I found personally to be one of the most profound ways to change my heart towards someone is to actually pray for God to bless them, pray for their good, uh, do those things. And I promise you do them over and over and over again. God will begin to change your heart toward that person. Yeah. There's a quote by someone and it's not me that says nothing makes you love a person more than praying for mm-hmm. them. And I think that is something that we're talking about here. Can you imagine? I mean, moving, exchanging, that's what we do with Christ, right? We exchange our sin and we take on his nature and mm-hmm. to take the unforgiveness and the hatred and that feeling that you're having and those deep emotions that you're having. That's what we see David do. And we exchange them for the love that Jesus has for them instead and how that fills us up and how that impacts not just our, our attitude toward them, but our very prayer life, which includes praying for them and our family. Like it just changes everything. And then that, that peace enters in. And so it's all connected. And I know that this is a tough topic for many of us. And I know that um, you might have had to push pause a couple of times because you just didn't want to hear it. You thought, nope, not going to finish. But thanks for sticking with us. And I know um, that these answers to questions about prayer are really impacting me and also you. And today's episode, um, much of it was taken from Brooke's resource, Overcoming Biblical Obstacles to Prayer. And you can find it along with links to some of the other things that we mentioned today um, in the show notes at millionpraymoms.com. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.